Welcome to the lounge. Today I've got someone I've wanted to have on for a long time, Camden Wright. We're talking about One Child's Heart, his current Kickstarter that's out there. Uh, this is something that is just another really unique, cool, awesome project, um, which seems to be a theme on this show. If, you, if you're listening, you know, you're like, hey, Doc gets all the unique stuff. And I'm like, yeah. So um, we chat about that. We chat about gaming, uh, like his gaming history. Um, we talk a little bit about uh, relocating to uh, Buffalo. So, um, yeah, it's it's a great conversation. You know what? Just, just listen. It, you'll love it. On the lounge. Let me ask you this: uh, You now you you've you moved. You had a big move last year. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, how how's it? How do you like Buffalo? Um, Buffalo's been nice. Um, I mean, I was really welcomed by the community, which is which is always lovely. Uh, any major move like that uh, requires adjustments. You know, finding new grocery stores and coffee shops, and you know, all of the little mundane parts of life that you take for granted. But uh, it's been it's been wonderful so far. I'm ready for sunshine because, you know, we moved to Buffalo in December. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it, at least I did it so that it's only Buffalo is only getting better. Yeah, that's right. It just improves and improves. Yep. Have, have you found. Long... Oh, go ahead. No, I was just going to say the longer I'm here, the better the weather gets. I don't know what it is. <laughs> <laughs> it's gotta be you have you uh have you found your your grocery store uh sort of i mean like i know the correct answer uh being in <laughs> buffalo is wegmans <laughs> um and it's it's nice i just i think that part of the reason why uh, aside from the fact that from what i understand they're really good employers mm-hmm. um is that um, the rest of the grocery stores in the Buffalo area are pretty lousy. Yeah, <laughs> and that's part of what makes, that's what makes Wegmans stand out so much. Yeah. Yeah. That's it's my, my sister just moved back from California and she used to live here um, and she knew mm-hmm. Wegmans and everything. And her general attitude is she goes to Wegmans for most of the things. Cause she lives on the West side of, um, of Rochester. Mm-hmm. Um, but, um, when she wants to really like do grocery shopping, she comes to the east side of Rochester cause we have the only Trader Joe's. Oh, there you go. So, uh, yeah. And I, I, when I want to just get everything in one trip and I don't want to mess around, I'll go to Wegmans yeah. cause I know I can get everything there. Yeah. Um, if I've got the time, then, you know, I'll go to Aldi, I'll go to Wegmans, I'll go to Trader Joe's. I mean, I'll hit the, make the round and get, you know, where things are cheapest or where I like them best. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's generally, uh, I feel like that's just the, the way to do it now, nowadays, you know, it's not like, mm-hmm. it's not like one stop shopping. Um, I feel like I go to a grocery store every day. <laughs> that's that would represent my life okay <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean that's I, I think that that's that's like 
Well, and and part of it is because uh, I have a commute on my commute from from work to home. There's so many places that I can go that if I just mm-hmm. stop at one each time, it I don't know, it feels efficient. It's not, but I can trick myself into it. <laughs> you do what you got to do in life. That's right. Um, but I, I think um, I, I can I just also say that um, you have been fantastic on Misdirected Mark. Oh, thank you so much. It's such you're such a great addition to that show. Um, and I mean, I, I of course love those guys. Um, that's why I do this show because I, I, I love doing that, doing, you know, being a part of the network and everything. Um, but, uh, bringing you on has really, um, like the four of you have such a great dynamic and I was, I'm not going to, I'm not going to call myself a naysayer, Mm -hmm. but when I heard you were going to be on the show, I thought, uh, is four too many? (laughs) <laughs> and I was wrong. <laughs> well, I'm glad. I I had the same question myself. It's four too many, <laughs> but it worked out. Yeah, yeah. Um, how has it how how has it been? Um, it's been great. Um, uh, everyone has been uh, fantastic and welcoming. I mean, there's definitely a learning curve for me mm-hmm. trying to figure out the mojo, but uh, I I like le- learning new things, so it's been great. That's fantastic. Um, of course, I mean, you've been writing for Gnome Stew for a long time, right? Uh, yeah, for, well, for about a year. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, I've been writing for a long time. I've been writing for Gnome Stew for about a year. Okay. Okay. Um, and you, well, you wrote for, um, did you write for uh, I, IGDN? Um, I wrote, I was the one of the 2017 um, Metatopia sponsorship winners. Oh, okay. And, uh, I, I wrote a piece for them, which, um, with the website change, I don't think it's up anymore, uh, but about my experiences there. Okay. Very cool. Yeah. Um, what, I, I mean, obviously we're going to talk about your, your new project because it's be- like just a thing of beauty. I, I, there's <laughs> no other way to say that. Um, <laughs> like it is I appreciate that beautiful thing to exist in the world. Um, but um, but I don't really know much personally about some of the other projects that you've you've worked on. Um, oh, yeah. Like, yeah. Well, yeah. What have you done? I've done a uh, I've done a little bit of writing. I did an adventure for uh, Pinnacle for their Savage Explorer. Okay. Um, which was a uh, a piece uh, that was it was a, a modern uh, police detective adventure. Um, I am, I don't, I'm pretty sure it's not out yet, but, uh, Torg Eternity, the Nile Empire, um, has a piece written by me about, uh, the Ethiopian city of Harar. Nice. And, uh, about the hyenas that live there and it's appropriately pulpy. Um, I wrote a game a while back, like, uh, every fledgling game designer wrote a hack of lasers and feelings called <laughs> madness and desire, <laughs> which is, um, Cthulhu horror meets the bachelor. So, <laughs> <laughs> Cthulhu picks as many partners uh, as, uh, as it chooses. And, uh, and then I also, for the 200 word uh, RPG last year, I wrote a game called uh, secret person of color, um, which got, was actually pretty well received, even though no one will probably ever play it. And that's fine. It made its point. <laughs> 
I mean, sometimes that's the idea with those, right? Is to just kind of make yeah. a point. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think reading the rules was enough to get most people to go, oh, <laughs> that's all I can ask. <laughs> that's uh, that is that is a good thing. Um, it, so, I mean, you have a wide range of of work that you've done. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I the uh, uh, Shane uh, Hensley from Pinnacle was one of the first people after playing in one of my games to say. I want you to write something for me. And <laughs> I said, I said, okay, cool. Um, because I'd been writing technical writing and grant writing and a bunch of other things for quite a while. Um, and so I, I knew, I knew how to write. I'd written poetry, things like that. Uh, but I said, okay, what do I do? He's like, write me a one sheet adventure. And I was like, okay. So I wrote him one and he uh, bled the red ink of judgment all over it. And I fixed it. And I said, you know what? I think this needs to be bigger. It's not, uh, it's not, going to fit into one sheet he's like great i think so too and that's when he hired me wow <laughs> so and, and and talking um talking to shane and actually several other uh, publishers over the last few years uh, oftentimes they'll say you know somebody says how do i how do i break into the business how do i get to where you'll hire me and most of them will say write something for me mm -hmm. and most people don't mm-hmm you know, for the hundreds of people that ask, maybe two or three will actually submit something. Sure. Take the chance and do the work. So. Sure. I didn't and know that until after the fact. <laughs> but it's it's interesting because it's one of those things that that uh, it's probably one of the reoccurring themes of the lounge, if there is one, is mm -hmm. that um, you you uh, your work doesn't become known until you do the work. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, so, so the, everybody after a season and, uh, and, and a little bit more, um, there's your, uh, through line. <laughs> that's right. Writers, write, Um, you know, <laughs> artists produce work. That's it. I mean, like it, I always tell people that if you want to be a writer, write something and you've officially crossed a bar that most people will never hit. Yeah. Yeah. It makes it makes a lot of sense. Um, what got you into gaming? Um, I've been uh, so I'm super old. <laughs> um, I had uh, a blue box when I was uh, a kid, mm -hmm. and uh, that, uh, if memory serves, I might have liberated from my cousins when they weren't looking. <laughs> I'm not proud of that, Stephen. I'm sorry. I'm still sorry. Uh, but I never had anybody to play with, um, which is also a common tale. I read it over and over and over again. And it wasn't actually until high school that I could find somebody that was willing to play with me because they didn't have enough uh, players. Mm -hmm. And uh, it wasn't, strangely, it wasn't D&D. &D, it was um, Heroes Unlimited. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. So going supers. Oh, yeah. Uh, teenage, teenage boys. Uh, you know, full of uh, hormones and angst. It ended predictably badly uh, with PvP and uh, one of the uh, superheroes had taken a shotgun and <laughs> we ended up turning it on each other. And it was, it was just terrible. And then we didn't speak to each other for like a year. <laughs> <laughs> but despite that, here I am, you know, a gajillion years later. I mean, that sounds, you know, Having played a lot of Palladium games in my time, that sounds like a typical Palladium game to me. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're not wrong. 
Um, so what got you like, like, so what, what kind of came next in that, in that realm? Um, so I, I mean, I, I was a player for a long time and it was the, the move, uh, originally, um, from Alaska and, uh, about 10 years ago, uh, uh, myself and my family, we moved to Denver, uh, mm-hmm. to Colorado. And uh, I went to one of the gaming conventions that they do there every year, which was the first one was Tacticon. Okay. And I'd never been to a gaming convention before. And I got to play a bunch of different games and meet a bunch of different people. And it ignited different parts of me. Mm-hmm. And my interest in the type of games that, uh, type of stories that games could tell. And uh, so I, I met people and then I wanted to push things further and I couldn't find people that were running the kind of things that I wanted. So I wrote new scenarios and that pushed me into writing new games. And here we are. And here we are. Mm-hmm. That's fantastic. Um, I, 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 I didn't know you were from Alaska. Yeah. Yeah. I uh, grew up uh, at grade school down in Southeast Alaska all over and then uh, middle school on, I was in Anchorage until we moved. Okay. Um, well, that's, I, 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 it's interesting because um, I've met a few people who, who've grown up in Alaska in my life. And they're always mm-hmm. like really cool, chill people. Um, and I've always kind of wondered, like, is it the environment growing up that that kind of foments that, or is it like just I don't know. I, 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 I've 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 noted that with other people I've met from Alaska, they're <laughs> cool and chill as well. So I think there's a lot of downtime in Alaska. So either. You know, you figure out ways to to burn off that energy, or you just learn to relax and and just be in the in the height of winter. You know, in Anchorage, you're looking at maybe five and a half hours of daylight. So if you're working for a living, you go to work in the dark, you come home in the dark, and uh, there's you know it's cold. The same snow you see in November uh, is the same snow you're looking at in March and and April. So, I don't know. It just kind of breeds a particular kind of person, I think. <laughs> okay, that makes <laughs> that makes a lot of sense. I, um, I, I will say this: one of the things that that stopped me from complaining about snow in uh, in Rochester was having a long conversation with a dude from Alaska, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, okay, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's one of the nice things about moving to Buffalo is um, every time every anyone says you know like oh you know you get a lot of snow there I just say yeah I'm originally from Alaska and then that shuts down the conversation <laughs> and they're like oh okay you'll be fine yeah oh okay that that makes a lot of sense yeah um, <laughs> the 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 thing that uh, the this one guy uh, told me um, was that uh, he said well you're you're choosing to stay here. You know, if, if it's mm-hmm. like, he's like, I moved from Alaska. <laughs> you're, you're choosing yep. to stay here. If you don't like it, leave. And I was like, oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> That's a hundred percent true. You, you got me. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's always circumstances in our lives where, sure. uh, you know, for multiple reasons, we that might not be just that cut and dry, but, yeah. um, you know, long-term game plan, there's usually options. Yeah, Absolutely. 
Um, well, it, 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 as a, uh, it, I'm sure you've had many people welcome to welcome you to Western New York. Um, I would mm-hmm. like to be among those. So, you know, welcome. We're happy to have you here. Um, <laughs> um, Thank you. And um, now I'm going to tell you this. I heard about One Child's Heart quite a while ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, I was excited about the idea of it. Um, and then, uh, it was, I, I think maybe I just haven't been paying full attention to some of the stuff on the network. And, and I, I apologize to everybody about that. I do listen to all the podcasts and everything, but you know, just, I don't know, sometimes life. <laughs> yeah, life. Um, and then I found out that the, the Kickstarter was going to be happening and I was like, oh, really excited. Um, I listened to this past week. I listened to the uh, she's super geek um, mm-hmm. where Kate ran it and yeah. it is way beyond anything I thought it could be. Oh, that's cool. Like, like it is, I, I'm just, I'm, I'm blown away by this. What? Uh, I don't even know what the what the next question should be. <laughs> um, how, how did this come about? Uh, so I uh, I keep a a notebook that I fill with ideas, and uh, my agreement with myself is no judgment, just write it down and uh, be as honest as you can. Mm-hmm. And this came out of one of those prompts that I had written down. It was the name, One Child's Heart, and then an incredibly uh, manipulative, uh, mecha- emotionally manipulative mechanic that is nowhere in the game right now. <laughs> uh, but when I, well, it's, it's an idea that I had been toying with in my head and writing and rewriting. And then uh, when I won the sponsorship in 2017, I, I, this was the game I submitted with my application. And uh, then it was time to, to play test it and really get it going. And it's, it's, I've been pretty happy with uh, how it's turned out. Fantastic. Uh, I mean, uh, kind of, you know, obviously, uh, you know, I, I know about it and you know about it, mm-hmm. um, but, but kind of give me the, uh, the overview for the for for the listeners. Absolutely. So, uh, One Child's Heart is a game where the players take on the role of child welfare professionals, mm-hmm. and uh, they are part of a cutting edge experiment where they enter into the memories of a child who has consented to be part of the project, uh, and help them reframe those uh, traumatic memories from the inside. So it's not a game about abuse, it's a game about trauma. And so there's, there's certain things that a lot of people's fear when they first hear it is, you know, it's about sexual or physical abuse, but it's about those smaller, quieter moments that from the outside might not seem like such a big deal, but because of the life that you've lived leading up to that moment, it's really changed the way that you look at the world. And so it's about having a, an opportunity to support somebody in that moment so that they can view it differently. And which is when, when I, when I realized that that was the focus of it, um, I mean, it just, it, and, and that was early on in hearing about it. And I, and I can't think of exactly where it was, but it was, it was, you know, 
I, I think I kind of had that that mis misconception initially as well, where mm-hmm. you know it was it was about something else. Um, and um, and I, I actually I would highly recommend anybody listen listen to that episode of She's a Super Geek, um, where the yeah. where you you play the game because it really gets into what those moments look like and, and, and how that affects a person. Um, and I'm a big believer that people should be listening to she's a super geek, regardless of whether it's my oh. game or not. <laughs> it's, it, I mean, it's the best the actual play podcast yeah. out there. It just hands down. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Um, it was actually, I, I will say this. It was probably, you know, I had started listening to Misdirected Mark, and then um, I heard she's a super geek, and they used to talk about it all the time before it was part of the network. Mm-hmm. And it really made me want to do this, <laughs> you know. Um, but uh, that being said, like the the game itself um, is is really about exploration, which mm-hmm. is not what I expected at all, you know? Yeah. Um, uh, one of the important parts of the game is the fact that these are memories and it's not time travel. So yeah. you, you, you remove the idea that I can go back in time and I can fix all this, uh, which you can't, you, that you, what's happened has happened and you have to deal with the reality of that. So given that you don't have this unlimited power, you know, where do you find the power in reaching out and making a connection and showing empathy to somebody? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You, it, it's about the, the, it's about the details and I love, mm-hmm. I love anything that's about the details. Um, Cause details are important. Yeah, they are. Especially when you're dealing with somebody in crisis. That's true. Um, now I also want to uh, congratulate you on having blown away your gro- your goal. <laughs> yeah. Um, I was incredibly surprised and pleased and a little overwhelmed by the support that we've gotten so far. It's, I, I mean, it's been like the fact that you're, let's see, more than twice. I'm, lo- I'm actually looking it up. Uh, mm-hmm. You're nearing three times your goal. Yeah. 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 We're not even through the first week yet. That's amazing. Um, It's clearly, this is something that people have been, have been looking for. Um, (laughs) Which is amazing to me because when I, when I, when I wrote the game and uh, even after we play tested it for the first time in the original alpha, um, I really thought that this was a game that, nobody that didn't love me would ever play. I mean, it was only people that were invested in me that would ever sit down at the table and I could not have been more wrong. Well, or just everybody loves you, Camden. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know about that, but there's been a few people that managed to find reasons not to. But. <laughs> um, now, the the team that you have working on it is like a who's who of just awesomeness in indie gaming. Um, yeah. Do you like, tell me about putting that together. Um, it was, 
it was, I mean, it was a, a purposeful choice of sitting down and uh, starting out with, okay, who is it that I really want to work on? And so for the cover, uh, Jabari Weathers was the first person that I, I thought of. And I, I reached out to them and I was like, hey, you know, I, I don't know how much this is going to cost. Um, we are not even close to, to Kickstarter yet, but this is something that I want to have happen. And uh, they said, sure. Um, and then we discussed playing the game first. And so we had a one-on-one -on -one session online and uh, uh, they were they were pleased with the experience and they were fully on board. And that's kind of what's been happening throughout the process is I reach out to people uh, like Emily Carabas, who is uh, already one of, we've reached uh, her stretch goal. Mm -hmm. And I, I, at a con, I was like, hey, Emily, do you want to sit down and play this game? And she's like, sure. And uh, after she played, she's like, I'm on board. Let's do this thing. That's fantastic. So, yeah. So just that, you know, uh, it's, it's a lesson in asking. Yeah. Because you'll be surprised how many people will say yes. I mean, that's, yeah, like, like, uh, that is, again, that's the, that's the ongoing theme. Um, mm -hmm. what, uh, what can people expect when they, when they get it? So, uh, there is, um, I mean, there is a lot of safety in this book. Okay. Uh, it starts from the very beginning and goes through. Uh, there's a lot of safety designed into the structure as well. Uh, but what the, the, the book is mostly comprised of is uh, beyond that safety is the basic rules for the game and the system itself is is super simple. Um, the foundation of what you need for the setting, kind of the the uh, the story behind this experiment, and then um, a bunch of memories that you can mix and match to tell a specific story of a child. Um, there are no children included in this game on purpose. Um, there is a long form, uh, a long form questionnaire that you can do, or there's a playbook style uh, that you can circle things and answer a couple questions. But it was really important to me um, that it be able to tell as many stories as possible and that it doesn't make any assumptions about the kids in these situations, uh, that it can tell a variety of stories from a variety of experiences and, and a variety of cultures, as much as I can remove my American uh, cooties from it. I mean, it's, it's definitely written by me, so. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, that's, uh, I didn't want this to be like, okay, you know, here's a sad kid that I'm going to run 12 times and they're going to become a caricature of a human being. You actually ha have to do a little bit of emotional investment. That's that's I, I like that a lot, a whole lot. Uh, mm -hmm. I think that from a from a you know, I mean, you mentioned safety. I actually do want to have a conversation with you about safety. Um, but uh, you know, from a from a safety perspective, having that in place where it's mm -hmm. not, you know, here are the kids, you know. Mm -hmm. um, that that builds in a, a safety mechanism almost right there. Um, yeah. Well, you have to, uh, on whatever way you go, you have to decide what you like about this child and what you don't like about this child. Yeah. You have to decide what their emotional reactions are like 
you have to decide. I mean, there's um, some really core fundamental pieces that um, if you were really getting to know somebody, you had known somebody for a long time, you would be able to answer these questions about them, hopefully. Okay. And so there's that piece too, where you have to actually, like I said, you have to invest a little bit. Yeah, that's a, a, such a great, uh, such a great way of going about it. And then, of course, so the scenarios are going to be what drives this, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. And um, so you're usually playing uh, three to four memories. And then it's how you slap those in and uh, which ones you use and then how you adjust them. Because each memory has little suggested adjustments for locations or situations. So in one, you might uh, a child might be getting yelled at by a teacher in a school hallway about an art project. But you can make an adjustment um, to that where it might be uh, at a community center at a sporting event, mm-hmm. um, you know, and that same kind of thing. So that the kind of underlying um, problems are still there, but um, you've adjusted them to tell a very specific story for the specific child. That's amazing. It's such a, like one of those things that I, I you know, from my point of view, um, and I've done a little bit of game design and I'm hoping to do more in the future. Um, th- I would have never have come up with a way to build that structurally. Like n- not, not only would I have not come up with it, but like if I had been told like, this is a thing that you should try doing, I would have <laughs> stayed away from it. <laughs> That's fair. That's probably a good idea. (laughs) I'm not sure I should have done it, but here we are. Here here we are. Well, but that's the thing, like what you've created is, is something that is, is beautiful and moving. Um, And I, I, there's a question I want to ask and in, um, uh, I can cut this away if need be. Um, Mm -hmm. One of the things that, you talk about every time there's a recording about this or anything is um, that if uh, if anybody finds this problematic, uh, not, uh, yeah, I guess problematic would be the the right way to um, or triggering um, mm-hmm. to not really to to not move forward with, and of course. I'll put this before this episode, even where I, you know, I'll say, yeah. hey, we, we talk about this. Um, has that, has, is that something that's come up? Um, I mean, yeah, it has, uh, the, um, the very, very first, um, uh, play test of this, um, we needed to take a break partway through because one of the players was, um, triggered in a way that they weren't expecting. Mm-hmm. And so we all just, we stopped, we took a break and, uh, then came back to the table and that player ended up finishing, but they had no interest in playing the game again, which is completely fair. Mm-hmm. Overall, I, I don't think it was a terrible experience for them, but, um, it was an intense experience that they don't want to replicate. Okay. Um, there have been um, times uh, for on each of the memories, there's a list of potential content warning. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. And um, I've sat down, uh, you go through it all before you begin play. And um, I've gone through, there was one table, I think I threw out six memories before we got to a set of four that everyone could agree to. And I think that process kind of helps limit that so that everyone knows, you know, they, they are cons- actively consenting and saying yes, mm-hmm. instead of trying to adjust on the fly backwards. Okay. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, there's, uh, I've had people who, uh, who facilitate the game, they're called advocates in the game, um, that put too much of themselves into the child and had a really strong emotional reaction uh, that messed them up for days afterwards. So um, this, all of the safety is there specifically for a reason. And I, the life is too short and already too hard to traumatize yourself to play a game. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, but I, I mean, that makes a lot of sense to me. I, I, this is definitely a game that if you sit down to play it, it should be with people that you, you know, well and trust and, mm-hmm. you know, um, and, and have already have a bond with, I think, or to, to some extent, uh, you know, um, yeah. I mean, I've run it at conventions uh, mm-hmm. pretty regularly over the last year. And um, I I mean, I run a tight ship when it comes to, to facilitating this game. Mm-hmm. But um, it's also cool to, I mean, I would not have everybody being new and running into this. I mean, there, there definitely does need to be a certain structure of safety and trust in place, mm-hmm. um, certainly in the facilitator and an agreement be it between the players. But the bonding process that I've watched complete strangers go through um, over sharing this experience with this imaginary child uh, is pretty remarkable. And I, it's always such a gift to be able to watch. Uh, that's, that's interesting. That, I, and I guess that would make, I guess that would make sense. I, I, I the, uh, I mean, I really want to play this really badly. Um, and I know uh-huh. I will in the, in the, the relatively near future. Um, my, I think maybe my concern with it was, would be playing with, with strangers, but, um, I mean, I trust you. Yeah. And, 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 uh, and trusting your facilitator is the, uh, is a, is a key part of it. But, um, when you are, I will say, ideally, when you are with a group of people who have a similar play style and where there is that emotional level of trust, mm-hmm. that is where you're, you know, 85% of the time going to get your best, deepest, most impactful experiences. Yeah. Yeah. That's, it, it, I think that that, I think that the getting an emotional experience out of a game is, is something that is, um, I'm, I'm not going to say new to me, but, but maybe, uh, uh, has changed over the last few years. I mean, by, by 2012, I was pretty much out of playing games at all. Um, mm-hmm. and then it was really just this need to like, kind of engage with storytelling that kind of pulled me back in. And honestly, it was it was hearing about misdirected Mark that really got me to see. Oh, there's a whole bunch of different 
options. You know, I rem- the first episode of Misdirected Mark was the first time I heard about Apocalypse World. And, um, or they're not the first episode of Mr. X Mark, the first episode I listened to, which is 2015, mm-hmm. 2016, um, somewhere on there. And it, I, you know, I was like, oh, you can do this in a game. And it's, it's like apocalypse apocalypse world is just the start of what you can do. <laughs> yeah, but most definitely. Um, so it's what, what's been interesting to me is, is to explore, um, all these different elements that, you know, I've been, I mean, I've been playing games for, uh, 35 years. Mm-hmm. Um, cause I'm kind of an old guy too. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> so, and just to know that like, um, you know, I can sit down and have, uh, I mean, I, I it, recently I've played games where I didn't, my character's didn't fight anything. They were, they weren't combat people. They were, you know, mm-hmm. and, and, and that's not something that really I would have explored in the sphere that I was in prior. Um, and it's been, I've gotten so much more joy out of it is basically where I'm going. Um, yeah. I, I think that the art inside of games is, and I do say this a lot, but um, it's, uh, real emotions from imagined experiences. Mm-hmm. And I think that you can get that in a wide variety of games, but mm-hmm. that's uh, always the target that I'm looking for when I'm writing. Yeah. Yeah. But it's, it's not for everybody. It, it like there, there are, I, I know that there are plenty of people who just want that to stay on service. And those are the same people that are like, Oh, I won't watch a sad movie. Mm-hmm. But I, I think that even uh, there is something for them too, because, you know, like I've had good friends, uh, a good friend of mine playing fourth edition D and D was the only time that uh, she felt power and agency in her own life. And Mm. it was joyful and it was a celebration and it was good. And I think that there's art in that too. Okay. Okay. Not something I would have thought of. That's amazing. Yeah, I mean, I mean, there's, I mean, we have more than sad emotions. I mean, we we've got the <laughs> whole spectrum, and I think that games that can facilitate that um, are 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 great. And that, I mean, that has a lot to do with who shows up to the table. Yeah. Um, if it's a game where people are sitting around, looking at their phone, just waiting for their turn, roll some dice, and keep going, people find value in that as well. And I understand that's just not that's not my game. Yeah, yeah, and then you know that's. Um... But that's why there's such a wide range of games to begin with, right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, I wanted to really, as I mentioned before, I wanted to really talk about safety because you're a big proponent of safety. Um, and Absolutely. You, you you know a lot about it. Um, <laughs> well, I, I don't know if I'd go that far, but... <laughs> well, I, and I guess it's it's because every time I, I, I hear you on a, um, on a show... Um, like you've, you've, you're, you're, I, I guess maybe not, you're, you're very aware of mm-hmm. the functioning of it. Um, yeah. And it's something, I'll, let me, you know, uh, every once in a while people get insights to me on this show. And this is one insight <laughs> to me. Um, I learned that permission is the most important thing. Um, and now like that term is consent, right? 
Um, mm-hmm. but, but years ago, like I found out, I discovered that, that permission is, is vitally important with every interaction you have with another person. And, mm-hmm. um, and I learned that from working at Apple because that was the first part of, you know, after you introduce yourself to somebody, the next step was getting permission to, to, you know, do, to take the next steps. Um, yeah. And I applied that to my life, and it has gone quite well for me. <laughs> <laughs> that is fantastic to hear. And yeah, that's that's a great lesson to have taken away from that. Yeah. Um, and, you know, now there's a lot of conversation in society in general about consent and about, about everything. Um, what... Where did uh, where did the, the awareness of safety tools and the importance of safety come for for you? Uh, I think it's it's twofold, and it's it's certainly increased for me. Um, I've spent a lot of time before I had you know words or language for things. I mean, um, not using X cards and and things like that, mm-hmm. making assumptions. But I've spent enough time at unsafe tables, uh, tables where I had a terrible experience and didn't feel comfortable saying something, where I wanted to walk away, but I didn't want to ruin the fun for other people, uh, where people have said really terrible racist things and, you know, I'm so outnumbered that, you know, you let it go or I say something and um, every, you know, your worst fears come to pass. Mm -hmm. Um, That um, when I take charge. I take facilitation of a game. It doesn't matter what it is really, really seriously. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I I talk about that because I want more people to play games. Mm -hmm. And um, when I start designing, um, I incorporate that from the ground up so that um, if you're going to run this game, you can't avoid it because safety is built into everything. So it's just, yeah, a lot of years of uh, watching lousy things happen, um, being, you know, on the receiving end um, and not always feeling like I had uh, the power to do something about it. And in reality, I'm telling everybody out there, you always have the power to do something about it. And life, um, you should consider every table an open table and walk away. Yeah. Okay. That makes, that's, I I think that's a a good attitude to, to have. I have, I also have, walked away from bad experiences at tables, um, especially at conventions. Um, mm-hmm. uh, in fact, that was why I stopped going to conventions for a while <laughs> was because I kept having these, these, you know, bad experiences. And I think that, I, I, I think that as an industry uh, uh, or as a community, um, there's been this period of time where we've been a little bit uh, exclusionary as far mm-hmm. as um, like getting new people in um, and I, especially with, with diverse voices, you know, hands down, mm-hmm. like that's just a, you know, that bullshit is, is something that happens to this day. Um, there. Yeah, I, oh, go ahead. What I was going to say is, have you, have you seen the needle moving in another direction, a better direction? Yeah, I, I think that it's definitely um, moving in a better direction, but um, we still, I mean, there's still a long ways to go because we live in the reality that if you showed up to a game convention and there was nothing but white dudes there, you wouldn't blink. 
Mm-hmm. If you walked into a game convention and it was nothing but women, regardless of their ethnicity, you'd think you'd gone to the wrong place. Mm-hmm. Um, the same way if you put any uh, other particular, if it's all dudes, but it's all African-American men, um, you'll wonder, okay, where am I? What, what happened? Is this for something else? And I think that in and of itself is very telling of the industry as a whole. Yeah. Yeah. That's it, it, it's, I, I, I hope that we're going in the right direction. Um, it's mm-hmm. always, it's always a, an interesting thing for, for me to say, because, you know, I, I, I check all the boxes of, of what you would call a typical gamer years ago. Um, and yet, like, I don't want to just game with me. <laughs> like, like <laughs> yeah. I, want, I want, I want there to be other people at the, at the table with different voices and, and experiences that aren't parallel to what I've had. Um, but mm-hmm. I don't think that, I mean, I know that's not true for a lot of people. No. Oh yeah. I mean, uh, Chris Spivey, uh, who wrote Harlem Unbound is a great example uh, last year at Gen Con, um, multiple any award wins, uh, wins the IGDN any groundbreaker nominated for a Diana Jones award and uh, talked to sit down and, and talk to, to Chris about some of the, the lousy things that happened and the people that are like, why do you deserve to be here? I mean, <laughs> that that's mind boggling, but it's it is a fact, you know, and that's 2018. You know, that's yeah. not 20 years ago. Yeah, that's it's uh, that's gross. It's just gross. Mm-hmm. Yeah, don't. Hey, audience, who already <laughs> doesn't do that? Uh, don't do that. <laughs> don't do that. Encourage other people not to do it as well. I think that that's the big thing. I think I think encouraging other people um, not to do it, and that's a thing that like um, I had um, uh, uh, Whitney. Um, uh, uh, Delaglio on the show mm-hmm. and, um, her and I were talking about, you know, the ways that people kind of can respond to, um, bad actions in, in that regard, mm-hmm. like, like exclusionary, uh, mm-hmm. uh, people being exclusionary. And, um, you know, I think that, I think that the, the, the key thing is that, you, there is a response in some way, yeah. you know, there there's, cause people aren't going to learn anything if they're not told that that's wrong. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's always a great situation where, uh, when people with the least at stake are the ones that speak up. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think that that's the, I think that's the, the, what we can do. Um, mm-hmm. but you know, you, you're going to get pushback. Um, yeah. You know, I know, uh, I know Phil's seen it. I'm sure you've seen it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, well, I mean, Gen Con, uh, Gen Con is a place where um, I've been told uh, that I'm uh, not black enough to be black. And I've had people uh, walking down the hallway shove me and uh, yell racial slurs at me. So um, it, I mean, there is, uh, I mean, experiences, uh are kind of wide ranging in what happens uh, inside of gaming, but uh, both of those situations are really pretty terrible. Yeah. And, um, and the fact that um, I'm partially because I'm older and I'm set 
um, I am willing to, and I've lived a full life, I'm willing to to say and to speak up and to to get in people's faces and go, no, that's, that's just not going to happen. And people can push back all they want. Uh, for the most part, I'm not scared. Yeah. Um, but even even now, there's still people inside the industry that that scare me, and I wonder what happens if they get mad. Right, right. You know, do you think that they're do you think they're going away? I, there's 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 the big question. Do you think they're going away finally? Uh, I think that um, what is acceptable, that kind of bar, is absolutely shifting in a healthy way. Okay. Um, I I think that yeah, you can pretty much look on the internet, you know, go to Twitter, go to Facebook, whatever, and you can see um, the push of trying to fight against that, those kind of dying ideals. Um, people, uh, uh, Phil was, uh, had shared something, you know, somebody, uh, somebody talking about the, uh, that, uh, gaming was designed for and by white men and that's you know and that's who it should be for now and one that's uh, uh objectively not true mm-hmm. because there was a lot of women involved uh, mm-hmm. particularly in the creation of dungeons and dragons and as it went forward but two like that's your line in the sand <laughs> but those voices are getting drowned out more and more every day and that's part of why it's so important to get more voices, more people, more diversity inside the hobby. Right. Right. Yeah. It, I, 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 I wonder, I, I guess like there, there are times where I think, you know, this, uh, in this hobby and, and in, in other spaces that, you know, that we're involved in, like, was there a point where people were just too embarrassed to say that, that, that these awful things or, uh, you know, was like, like, I don't think you're going to change minds, Mm -hmm. but if, if they don't go away, like, like what, how do we do it? I don't know. (laughs) I think I'm I'm asking you questions to which there is no answer. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of, that's part of what, um, why safety tools are such an important part of gaming to me is because if somebody is uh, playing uh, an Asian character and they're doing a a Charlie Chan imitation, Mm -hmm. you reach out and you go, Hey, I'm sorry, that's, that's not acceptable. Or the facilitator says, I'm sorry, but we don't do that here. Go yeah. ahead and drop the accent and let's play. Yeah. Um, those those pieces and those lines help um, model and shift what's acceptable at the table. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That. I mean, you're you're basically you're drawing new lines. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I I like that a lot. Um, the the power of we don't do that here mm-hmm. uh, is is really exceptional. Um, I think I'm probably fortunate in that I've not encountered that. Um, mm-hmm. But I very specifically curated some of my more recent convention experiences. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I've, I've, I've had some, uh, uh, there are rules, hard and fast rules that I have about what's acceptable and not acceptable at my table based purely on terrible things that people have tried to do at Oof. convention games. Um, and I love the convention experience. But it can be a trash fire too. Yeah, yeah, it's it's uh, it can be problematic. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So uh, we've we've we're, we've got about ten minutes. Okay. Um, I wanted to talk a, about what you're what you're playing right now. So um, I just started a masks campaign, and it is my first time ever playing masks. So uh, that's been exciting. Um, I have had surprisingly limited exposure to PBTA games. Okay. And this comes highly recommended to me as one that would fit seriously inside my wheelhouse of what I like. Yeah, I would imagine so. I mean, (laughs) if from from me knowing what I know about you, um, Mm -hmm. if if you were to say PBTA for Camden, I would I would have said masks. But I also probably would say masks for a lot of people. Um, Yeah, yeah. So um, yeah, I love masks. So yeah, uh, playing masks is good. I um, I am a huge fan. I just got to play again recently a game called Dialect from Thorny Games. Oh, I've heard really good things about Dialect. Uh, I adore that game. That's one of those games where I'm like, oh, I hate you for creating this and <laughs> making me jealous. <laughs> um, it is so smart with such a you know clear emotional intent, and um, I just I really 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 love that game. That's fantastic. That's really cool. Um, yeah, and the great thing about dialect is it's a you know sit down. There's cards. You there's isn't a lot of prep time involved, uh, yeah. but you tell a complete story. Oh, very cool. Yeah, so that's been uh, that's been about it lately. Um, I am and trying to I trying to say, go through my backlog of games and learn some stuff, but I never do. That's the thing, right? Like, like, I feel like sometimes, you know, like, oh, you know, I, I have this and that and that and, but life. Yep. Yeah. And I, I do better if uh, somebody else reads the rules and then we play. And so they teach me on the fly. Uh, I would, I would literally rather write a game than I would have to learn the, read the book and learn the rules to another one. And I'm not sure how I I consider that being lazy. Other people look at me like I'm crazy, but um, like there is some, something wrong with my uh, neurology, but that's the way my brain works. Well, but no, I, I think I'm, I think I'm, I, I have that same wiring though, because I can sit down and read rules and, mm-hmm. And I can take those in and then, you know, I'll sit down. I've done it before where I'll sit down. Um, the best example I have is um, I, when third edition came out, everybody in our group got the book and read it. Mm-hmm. And then we were going to start a game and we start playing the game and I had done everything wrong. And I was like, didn't we read the same rules? <laughs> <laughs> Um, and it was just, you know, and we, we played third edition for a long time and I never really figured out like, like why I didn't pick up on it. But I think that that's, and, and so I, so I, I learned by playing and, and mm-hmm. I come to realize that, you know, I would rather, I'll have rule books. I have lots of rule books. Um, but I'd rather sit down at a table with, with some people and learn how to play it. Um, that, you know, that will, that will mean I, I, I understand what it is, you know, uh, mm-hmm. here's how I've explained it. And, and maybe, maybe I don't know if this will help or, or whatnot. Um, but 
Um, there's the old story of the blind men describing an elephant. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's the way my brain looks at rules. Like I, like I'm looking at one part of it, but not seeing mm-hmm. other elements that just to understand what the whole thing is. So, yeah. 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 I, I definitely agree with that. I, I enjoy, and I enjoy uh, in almost all things, I like seeing it work and I like seeing all the parts and how they interact. And then that informs an understanding of me. Yeah. But I can design. <laughs> Well, yeah. Well, see, that's the thing is, um, I uh, I actually run if I'm running a more traditional game. A lot of times, I'll use Savage Worlds. And aside from the fact that all the folks at Pinnacle have have always been great to me, mm-hmm. I know all the rules. And so, yeah. <laughs> if anyone ever like tries to uh, be a rules lawyer about it, I could say, no, actually, this is the rule, but this is how we're playing it anyway. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the thought of learning multiple systems to that level breaks my heart sometimes. <laughs> It's so tough. It's so tough. I I often think too that like there must have been a point where I did understand the rules. Or the first my first game was um, was Marvel superheroes, um, mm-hmm. the, the box set, and I ran a ton of that. And I did find out years later that I did a lot of that wrong. Um, mm-hmm. So uh, this little mental exploration ended up with me going, oh yeah, I did screw that up. So anyway. <laughs> Yeah, but I mean, that's, and, and part of me is, the flip side of that is, uh, did you do it wrong? Yeah. I mean, you, you sat down, you rolled dice, you told stories. That's um, true. Together. I mean, how is that wrong? Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. Wow. Wow. What a great way to end this, <laughs> this interview. <laughs> yeah. Hey, everybody out there. If you played a game and found out years later it was wrong, did you do it wrong? That's the question. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. That's like one of those philosophical questions, Camden. <laughs> That's my brand. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, uh, listen, I want to thank you for coming on. Um, uh, what's it, it, do you do you know what's next after um, after the fulfillment of One Child's Heart? Do you know, do you have an idea of what you want to work on? Uh, yeah, there's uh, a couple of, uh, there's a, uh, originally it was a multiplayer game, but I think it's going to be a, a two player game called Breathe that I'm working on, okay. um, which is about uh, two people running out of oxygen and one of them needs to sacrifice themselves so the other can live. And wow. <laughs> um, and then uh, beyond that, I've got some things on the back burner, but we'll see. Oh, very cool. Um, well, uh, I'm I'm going to tell everybody again to go out and, um, and, and, you know, support, uh, one child's heart that is currently on Kickstarter. All the links will be available. Um, one of the reasons too, especially is if you, uh, if you enjoyed, uh, our, um, uh, Liz, uh, Chaparendico, uh, con, I always say her name a little bit wrong. Um, <laughs> Uh, but if you, if you enjoyed that episode with Liz, um, she is the next one on the, uh, on the pledge goal to, uh, Oh yeah. Scenarios. So absolutely. Yeah. Liz is fantastic. And she's got, uh, her Kickstarter coming up May 1st. Uh, Liz is a superhero. And oh. even if you can't back my stuff, go back Liz's cause she's so, the best. 100%. Um, yeah. And of course the next one is DC, which is amazing. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, DC, they are fantastic. But 
the your your list of of uh, of contributors and stretch goals just reads like a who's who of like <laughs> of like what gaming should be to me. So <laughs> yeah, we've and uh, uh, since it's hit, um, well, if we run through these stretch goals, we've got a, a couple in reserve, and uh, uh, there might be some even cooler people that I didn't see coming uh, being uh, jumping on the project as well. Ooh, ooh, that's so. a nice tease. <laughs> so go out and back and let's make this happen fantastic um well i end every show by telling the lounge lizards to stay classy um would you be so kind as to do the honors for me i would absolutely be happy to so dear friends in the lounge remember if you do one thing today stay classy wonderful And that was Camden Wright. I mean, how great was that, right? Um, I think I had a fantastic time talking with, with Camden. Um, I really love this project too, One Child's Heart. And uh, I, I recommend everybody check it out and, uh, you know, to check out the Saskatoon episodes. Uh, they're really, really good. Camden, you can find him uh, at his website, uh, Camden.com. That's C-A-M-D-O-N. You can find him at Camden on Twitter. Um, you can find him lots of places on the Misdirected Mark show. Like, straight up. And then, of course, you can go check out his uh, Kickstarter, which is currently running right now. Hey, thanks everybody for listening. The Lounge is a misdirected Mark production, the media arm of Encoded Designs, with lots of great shows like this one. Misdirected Mark. Chris, Phil, Bob, and Camden go live every Tuesday evening at 8 p.m. Eastern to break down and get inside games, game mastering, playing games, and game design in an effort to entertain and inform you. The Lounge theme, And So It Begins, by Artificial Music, is used under Creative Commons 3.0. Support Contessa at Contessa.rocks. Find your host, Jesse Doc Admin at Doc Palindrome on Twitter. All the links from this episode can be found in the episode description. Stay classy, lounge lizards. <laughs>